Dave Hibbler and his co-founders started not one, but two very successful e-commerce companies. Uh, the one we're going to be focusing on in today's conversation is Huga Health. Huga is a Wisconsin-based company that specializes in the sale of red light therapy products. You're going to learn how just in a couple years, Huga became a well-known brand and major player in the red light therapy space, especially once they started partnering with Granular. And some of their products are now the top-selling products on Amazon when you go to look for products like red light therapy and book lights. Granular's had the pleasure of helping Dave and his team go from zero to one. They came to us and they needed to get Google ads, search shopping, Bing ads, Facebook ads, YouTube, YouTube ads. They needed to get that set up from scratch in the U.S. and Canada and make sure they could capitalize on the busy Q4 season in 2020. And we had major success with that. The great thing is who is actually the second successful company Dave and his team started after launching Forever Lazy, which is an adult onesie pajama company. Uh, that company now sells hundreds of thousands of those onesie pajamas each year, and it plays a pivotal role in understanding the success they've had with Huga. We're going to cover everything from how they got started, the pivotal role Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas played in their success, and Dave's going to share his advice for other e-commerce founders uh, wondering how to balance doing things in-house versus partnering with a group like Granular. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Welcome to Getting Granular. The podcast where digital marketing experts from the agency Granular talk about the latest trends, tried and true best practices, and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to grow your business, improve your digital skills, or just want to hear some Midwest PPC experts rant about digital media, you've come to the right place. Steve Kroll from Granular here. Today, I'm joined by Dave Hibbler, uh, co-founder of Huga, uh, as well as a, another company, Forever Lazy. Really interested to talk to Dave just to get more background on Huga, their business, and then also just learn more about Dave and how he, he got into the business. Dave, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Yeah, pumped. So uh, we're going to get into all the, the great work we do together with you guys and your business, but I was just hoping you could start by just introducing yourself. And if you don't mind just giving some background on uh, what got you into uh, you know, running your own businesses and in Huga. Sure. Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll go back. I'll go back pretty far because that's the story starts in childhood. So my best friend and business partner, Tyler Gilgansky, um, him and I have known each other since we were two years old. I mean, we, lived across the street from each other longer than that but you know we've always tried to determine it at what age do you really know somebody you know we've been neighbors since we were one we're like ah okay we're two years old we've been we've been best friends since we were two years old so um we've always been trying to start businesses together and selling you know american flag pins at the at the local fairs and so forth and uh knocking door to door collecting cans and so we've always had this entrepreneurial spirit ever since a very young age. And we always knew we wanted to eventually run our own business one day. And, and um, you know, the typical go to school, work hard, get a degree, climb the corporate ladder, um, that just didn't really appeal to us. So it was just, we always knew we wanted to do something professionally. Um, we just didn't know what it was going to be. So. Um, Christmas 2008, I was sitting around with my cousin. We were having a few beers after Christmas dinner and we were reminiscing about 
the one piece pajamas that we wore as kids. And geez, I wonder if anybody makes that for adults. Uh, how great would that be? And so he got on his Blackberry. I got on my version one iPhone and, you know, three hours later we had a website pulled up and um, we ordered some adult onesies and the story could have just ended there had they been a decent pair of adult onesies, but um, we got them, we wore them, we exchanged notes. And we're like, you know, these, these onesies are terrible, man. Somebody could do this better. So we joked about it and Tyler, I had ended up telling him about it and he ordered a pair, which I later found out actually, he only just told me this recently. He actually never ordered a pair of adult onesies. Oh, so oh no. I know it's terrible. So I've been, I've been telling this lie that I didn't even know I was telling for the last decade. And finally he corrected me. He's like, no, I just heard how excited you were about it. So I told you I ordered one anyway. We, um, so I told him all the things that I thought we could improve upon with these adult onesies. And we got on the internet, Tyler found a domestic manufacturer on, on Google. And we ended up flying out to San Francisco. We met with this 80 year old garment industry veteran named Seymour. And Seymour and his team helped us to, uh, to design the prototype for Forever Lazy. And then, um, I mean, pretty much right then and there, as soon as the prototypes came through, we both just quit our jobs, albeit admittedly, it was, it was very prematurely. We should not have done that, but we were just very excited and we quit our jobs and, uh, and launched Forever Lazy. So that's, that's kind of the genesis of Forever Lazy right there. Cool. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. And um, maybe touch a bit because I know we're going to get to what you guys are doing with uh, with Puga Health. But Forever Lazy, you guys got a lot of kind of earned media and PR and things like that for that business. Maybe just touch on, you know, that business and progression and kind of what you learned there that enabled you to, to have success with launching another business in Huga. Yeah, for sure. Definitely lots of lessons learned. And I couldn't even tell somebody the Huga story without giving background on Forever Lazy just because there was such a foundation there. Um, so when we launched our Forever Lazy website, you know, we paid we paid a couple guys from our hometown three grand to put it together. And we never even crossed our mind about marketing. You know, we just thought you put a website on the internet and people find it, right? Like we I remember the weekend we launched, it was the end of August, 2009. And I was invited to a bachelor party the night before our launch. And I, I was like, dude, I don't know if I can make it. Like the website's going live tomorrow. We could just be swarmed with orders and just, just you know, just backlogged. And, you know, just, we, we didn't know any better. We had, we had no clue. So in reality, the website launched and nobody ordered a thing. And the next day, nobody ordered anything. And the day after that, we got an order and it was from my mom because she knew how, how down on ourselves we were. So, so after a few more days like this, and you know, we had already quit our jobs and you know, people started rolling their eyes at us when we told them why we were quitting our jobs to sell adult onesies. Nobody thought we were going to make it. And for that reason, we really, really had to make it work because nobody wanted to go back to their old jobs with their tails between their legs. And you know, say it didn't, it didn't happen. So we ended up uh, learning about Google AdWords and pay-per-click. And that's kind of where we zeroed in. So we, at this point, we had no money. All of our money was tied up in our first run of 600 pairs of pajamas, our website, everything else. We couldn't hire anybody. We had to figure this out ourselves. 
So then over the next couple of months, all we did is we sat there in, in my parents' basement because, you know, that's like any uh, typical startup story. That's where we started in a basement. So we sat there in my parents' basement day after day, night after night, learning Google AdWords. And we started launching some campaigns and eventually we started getting some sales. We weren't very profitable, but we at least were breaking even on the advertising and we were getting the word out there. So that was really our first uh, foray into pay-per-click and, and um, digital marketing, which it was really a baptism by fire. So then from there, um, we put out some press releases. We were, the, one of the press releases was picked up by a Hollywood gifting company. So, you know, like those swag bags that the stars get at the Oscars and Golden Globes and, and all that. Mm -hmm. So we, so yeah, so we were asked to give you know, our product for these swag bags. Well, we thought great opportunity. It's going to a bunch of A-list celebrities, Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, Paris Hilton, Oprah, J-Lo, Justin Timberlake, you know, all, all the big names. So we did it. And because of that, Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas, well, Fergie loved it. Fergie and her husband, Josh Dumel, just absolutely loved our onesies. Oh, dang. And yeah, so that, that was our, our big break. That's where we caught lightning in a bottle. And they put in a big order for all their record industry uh, colleagues and so forth and ordered a couple dozen pajamas. One of Fergie's friends was the style editor for the Today Show, the national television show out of New York. So she came on TV that winter and she said, now it was January 2010, and she said, move over Snuggie. I don't know if you remember the Snuggie, the blanket with sleeves. Yeah. It was real big at this time. Of course. So that was like the benchmark for success is, is the Snuggie. So she said, move over, Snuggie. There's a new trend sweeping Hollywood, and it's forever lazy. And I mean, it was it, we were sitting there in my parents' basement watching this, just laughing because like this wasn't the next big trend. We'd sold a couple hundred pairs in my parents' basement. But because she told everybody that this was the next big trend, it became the next big trend. So from there... Um, you know, we did the news circuit and we had some national interviews that, that went out and then uh, we kept running the digital marketing. And um, uh, that, that, I mean, that was basically the launch point of Forever Lazy and how our marketing began without getting too long winded on you there. No, that's crazy. Again, di didn't know that. So what, what did you see in terms of because um, with 2008, 2009, 2010, you hit this inflection point where you, where you take off. Yeah, we're here in you know, 2021 now. Not to try and get you to condense 10 years down here into a couple minutes, but you know, how did that business progress? I'm sure it wasn't just an up to the right. You know, there's probably ups and downs and plateaus sure. and back up and down until you kind of arrived where you're at today. Yeah. So because of that success with uh, Fergie and and the national news and you know, all the publicity around the, the forever lazy onesie sweep in Hollywood, we were actually picked up by the infomercial company that managed the Snuggie. And no, so no we, way. Yeah. So, so at first the news uh, reporters were contacting them and asking, Hey, have you heard of forever lazy? Everybody's saying it's the next Snuggie. And they kept blowing us off. Well, finally enough news outlets contacted them. They said, you know, maybe we should sit down with these guys. And so we flew out to New York and we signed a contract with them. All-Star Marketing is the name of the parent company. 
So we signed a deal with them and we ended up licensing out our brand to them for, it was a three-year contract. So during that time, we, we weren't allowed to do anything. We weren't allowed to compete against them. We weren't allowed to sell to anybody else. They were running it. So because of that, we moved to Florida and we hung out in Florida and we tried launching some new businesses and uh, worked out of Tampa out of our apartment for a while, tried launching a, a dating app that failed. So I won't even get into that, but uh, yeah, we tried to find stuff to keep ourselves busy. After two years, we ended up buying ourselves out of the third year of the contract. We took the leftover inventory. We bought that off off of them, moved back to Wisconsin, kind of where the roots of our business uh, were, were planted. And we relaunched. We got a better website built. We started building out our inventory again. We added a children's line and we just started growing the brand again. So we almost, it was almost a fresh restart. However, we had the benefit of $5 million that was just spent over the last two years on advertising Forever Lazy and making it a, a household name at the time. So from there, um, the story's a lot quicker to tell because that was about 2013, we took the business back. And it's just been steady growth since then. Um, Amazon, we do a lot of business. Our website does a lot of business. We have some retail. We do QVC where in the beginning, we've been doing QVC for five years. And in the beginning, I would fly out there. I would go live on QVC, do the whole little song and dance in my world. How, how have I never seen any of these clips? You haven't offered up any of these clips before. I, well, how hard we, do I have to look? Well, we hardly ever talk about Forever Lazy. You know, most of our working relationship has been on the Huga brand. So uh, I guess that's why none of this came up. But it's all on YouTube. If you okay. go to Forever Lazy's YouTube channel, you'll find all all our old interviews. You'll find some QVC stuff. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff out there. <laughs> all right. It's awesome. So, yeah, that kind of brings us to today where that's what we're managing. And it's just, you know, it's just some steady growth. And then out of the success of Forever Lazy, um, we started working on another brand, which is our alternative health brand, Huga Health. And, um, you know, we launched that a couple of years ago. And then about a year ago is when we started working with Granular on that, when we started to get really serious about that brand. So um, I don't know if now is a good time, I suppose, to segue into that, unless you have any other questions on Forever Lazy. No, I mean, boy, ton, you could have a whole conversation just about that. Um, There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll try and be disciplined you know, I guess, what's your comfort level in terms of, you could represent in terms of, of scale or revenue or whatever, in terms of, you know, pre-2010, where you guys were at, where you'd only sold a couple hundred units to, you know, 2020, where Forever Lazy ended up in terms of like a sense of scale of number of employees, units sold, you know, just for a frame of reference. Sure. I'd say that first winter 2009 when we launched that first fall winter um you know we sold maybe a thousand pairs of pajamas in september october november december if i had to guess now we can sell about a hundred thousand pairs a year so considerable growth a lot of that is due to qvc uh amazon growth has been just phenomenal more people shopping online especially this past year with covid online shopping has just boomed so, um, yeah, now we'll do about 100,000 pairs of pajamas a year. So very considerable growth in, in that regard. Cool. And then what, um, 
you'd mentioned you guys had had this, you know, uh, sabbatical down to Florida where you guys had your own skunk works or come with ideas. <laughs> you know, how I met you guys is, you know, we, we didn't have any prehistory pre-relationship. I think I'd mentioned we had a client who had went to high school with you guys, but neither of you were friends. You just kind of knew, knew of each other, but uh, you guys are uh, out in uh, um, out in New Berlin, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. um, you had mentioned you guys had done some research. I think it was Tyler who had maybe done some research or you, I can't remember. And you'd mentioned, hey, we'd, you know, just spent, you know, we'd, we've got Huga, you know, HugaHealth.com, a new website's launching. You'd invested money in getting some really good high quality video done. Um, you'd had Amazon up and running. You had another partner in the mix court who hasn't really uh, come up in the story so far. So I guess take me back all the way to the beginning of, you know, I guess first, you know, tell everyone what Huga is and what you guys uh, sell and then talk about, you know, what led you guys to create the company and what has allowed this idea to to flourish? Sure. So Huga was founded in 2017 and, you know, 2016 was the peak for adult onesie uh, searches on Google. That was the peak of the trend. So, and we started noticing that too. So we were now, um, you know, we now increased our revenue at this point considerably by working with QVC. Um, you know, at that point, it was one or two years with QVC. So um, we decided now was the time that it would be smart for us to diversify a little bit. Um, we wanted to sell more than just adult onesies because if it was a trend and the trend burned out, I didn't want to have to go find a job working for somebody else. We wanted to keep keep working for ourselves. So with that, you know, Forever Lazy being so seasonal, the brunt of our work is is Q4. So when winter's over and then you get through the returns and stuff in January and any last minute, uh, you know, orders that come through in the first quarter, it's slow. So we spent that summer looking for new ideas and we're all biohackers. So we really enjoy uh, listening to podcasts about the latest trends in health and wellness and, you know, the more natural ways of, of going about staying healthy. And um, with that, weighted blankets came up. So we started with weighted blankets as our first Huga Health product. And then from there, we really started exploring the alternative health space. And our next two products we stumbled across were red light therapy panels, which is where um, granular ended up entering the picture. And then also blue blocking products. So our flagship product there is our blue blocking clip-on book light. So it emits less than 1% of its light from the blue part of the spectrum. So when you're reading at night, nobody should be using a white light, nobody, because they say, stay off your electronics, stay off your cell phones, tablets, computers, because it tricks your body into thinking it's still daytime. You don't produce your melatonin. You don't get tired. You don't have restful sleep. And, and it just spirals out of control. So just by doing little things like limiting your blue light exposure at night, like using light bulbs that don't emit blue light or book lights or lamps that don't emit blue light, it can really help um, you'd end up having more restful sleep and, and stay healthier. So that book light uh, for a while was the best selling book light on Amazon. We're currently you know, somewhere in the top three now. And then the red light therapy, uh, we launched that because red light therapy has really become affordable 
in the last five years for home use. Prior to that, a lot of the applications for light therapy has only been um, in doctor's offices under high powered lasers that are super expensive and just not practical for the individual consumer to own for their own home use. So we launched those product lines. We also have some other things that um, are smaller parts of the business, but just help to expand the portfolio of products for alternative health for HUGA, which are chromotherapy glasses. So different colored glasses for different moods and, and ailments. And also we have grounding mats and different grounding products, which um, <laughs> it take me a half an hour to explain all that to you, but it's just the concept is the earth gives off electrons that benefit the body by being absorbed through our feet, through just exposure to, to the bare earth. Human beings have been cut off from the earth for so long. We wear insulated shoes. We're indoors all the time. You know, we're just not connected. So by using these grounding products that we sell, it connects you to the ground energy of the earth. And it has all sorts of uh, health benefits for anti-inflammatory and sleep and, and pain and a bunch of other uses. So anyway, that's kind of the portfolio of products that Kuga Health offers. Cool. Um, so you kind of talked about that and what led you to, to start it and the, the timeline on it. You know, prior to coming to us, you guys had, you know, version one or two of your website. You had an Amazon ads campaign. You guys up to this point have been pretty savvy figuring things out on your own. That's, you know, in your DNA, I guess, in terms of, hey, if we can do it ourselves and, you know, the, the expense and, you know, is is more detrimental than the potential upside of bringing an outside partner. But by the time you'd come to granular, you'd already paid a, another company to produce some good video assets. You had someone who was helping with the website. And then you obviously were actively exploring, bringing on someone to help with, help stand up your uh, pay-per-click campaigns. Mm -hmm. I guess, talk about um, what led you to uh, do that. Cause knowing that you guys have managed a lot of things internally. Sure. So we run a really, really, really lean operation. There's just three of us, Tyler, myself, and our uh, third business partner in Huga is Cord. He started as our Forever Lazy employee, and then we launched Huga while he was working for us at Forever Lazy, and he joined up uh, with us on that as a partner. So we wanted to give, we really believed in our red light therapy line. The studies and the research coming out on red light therapy and its benefits is almost growing exponentially right now. And it's really getting into the mainstream. And we saw and still see that as the future of HUGA. So that being said, we wanted to give our red light therapy program its absolute best chances to succeed. And we knew we had experience with pay-per-click through Google AdWords from a decade ago, and we could figure it out. And and we could probably run some campaigns, but this, I think we wanted it to go bigger, faster. We didn't want to have to, you know, get on the learning curve again, learn all the new changes that took place over the last decade um, in, in pay-per-click. So we started having companies reach out to us, actually, which is... Um, what eventually led us to granular is you guys didn't reach out to us, but because we had such bad meetings with the people that did, we thought, you know, we got to find some Midwestern guys whose values align with ours that could do this for us. Um, we met with a company out in New York. It was just some fast talking salesman guys that 
we want you spending hundreds of thousands on advertising and we want to scale that to millions and we want to put you here and there. And I mean, it, it was, I mean, they really captivated us like, oh yeah, I want to spend millions. This is great. And then after the phone call and things cooled down a little, we thought that's just not practical. This is ridiculous. We're being sold a bill of goods. This isn't right. There's got to be some people somewhere in Wisconsin that we can just sit down with. We can get on the phone whenever we want to talk to them, go down to their office. Then naturally we signed our contract with you like right the month before COVID broke out. So we actually have never been to your offices, but that's, that's what we were looking for. So um, Tyler got on Google and looked for some digital marketing firms in the Milwaukee area and you guys, the granular popped up right away. So obviously we knew you were good at digital marketing because you showed up uh, above, above all the other guys. So we gave you a call and um, I believe we recapped that meeting that we had with that other company. And I, I know I was sitting there on the edge of my seat waiting for you to give me the same pitch about how we should do that. We should take your video and we should pump it here and pump it there and do this to the funnel and that to the funnel and all these things about funnels. I didn't even, I, I still don't understand funnels. And instead we got Steve and Steve gave us a very just brass tax approach. I don't even think you guys wanted to use the video in the beginning. You're like, yeah, that's great. You guys spent all this money on the video, but here's what we need to focus on. We need to do some pay-per-click. We need to find out, you know, we need to focus on people searching your, for your competitors and all the stuff you said just made so much sense. And then we were like, all right, well, what's the catch? You know, the other company, they wanted X percent of our ad spend and this and that with certain minimums. And nope, granular is just a flat fee. We don't care how much you spend. We'll do the same work for you guys, whether you spend a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand a month. And um, again, this is a new concept to us after all the fast talking salesmen we talked to prior to you, who's just the antithesis of the fast talking salesman. But it was just, I think that's why we resonated so well with you is because you know, let's just cut through the BS and just get down to what's going to work and where to start and where to build from and how to optimize. And we'll get to the video assets later, but let's build the foundation. So um that's what we did with you guys and we were very happy with that foundation that we were able to build off of it for sure cool yeah i appreciate obviously the the kind words and uh this is all all insightful for me because obviously you know on the agency side you you know don't hear all of the the other parts of it didn't realize you guys were you know talking to to others but obviously thing things worked out well um so i guess tell me about your um you guys have had a good, good experience uh, with with Amazon going back to Forever Lazy. Um, Cord, who I, I believe manages Amazon ads for you guys, does pretty fantastic job. It's it's pretty laser focused. And we said, hey, look, you guys, even though Granular offers Amazon ad support, you guys, you know, doing a fantastic job with that. So, you know, we're gonna go ahead and stand up you know, search and shopping and YouTube and in Facebook, you know, what was the value in having us help you guys go from zero to one uh, last year, especially making sure you guys were primed for, you know, the, your busy season in Q4. Yeah. I mean, the, the most daunting thing for us with digital marketing was the setup, managing multiple platforms, figuring out, (laughs) We had our one-year recap call with you what last week and or two weeks ago, and 
we were supposed to log into our ad accounts and we didn't even know the passwords and we didn't even, we had to ask Jeremy to tell us, Hey, can you email us the link to even log in to, to Bing and Microsoft? And so that's actually a testament to how much we trusted you guys because we just never had to you know, micromanage nothing, none of that at all. So, um, so the, the, the huge benefit we got right out of the gates was just getting that all set up for us and just getting that whole ecosystem working, getting our static ads loaded, getting our video assets loaded, um, keywords, negative keywords, broad searches, narrow searches. It just, and then also too, the work that you guys did uh, researching our competition and seeing what are they doing? How can we target them? How can we target people searching for them? How can we replicate their successes and minimize you know, the same failures that they ran into? So that whole setup was really priceless for us. And um, we got huge value in, in, I mean, everything, the whole program, but the setup was just monumental. It was just too daunting for us. And, you know, like I said, we do have a very lean operation and it's hard for us to pass stuff off to other people. But this is something that we just didn't trust ourselves to set up correctly. So we got huge value out of that for sure. Cool. Um, you know, this is kind of a, a an ad hoc question here. Um, how would you contrast the personalities and management styles of yourself, Tyler, and Cord? Because, you know, I definitely, we could pick up on that. And I saw the value. Well, you're talking about having a lean team. You both... Mm -hmm can do a good job of putting on the hat of the others, but you have certain strengths and biases towards things that allow you to make sure that, you know, the, the next question is going to be get to the key of successful client relationship and, and partnership. And I think, you know, having, you know, the, Hey, we're going to trust these guys, but let's bring a, a healthy level of skepticism to things as well. We really appreciated that level of engagement, for instance, which is super important. So maybe talk about that. Yeah, so the dynamic with us, it works out really well, and it's kind of funny, and uh, <laughs> Tyler and I being best friends since we were two years old, you know, we went to high school together, college together. In high school, Tyler's nickname was Tito. That was his name from Spanish class. So when people would refer to us, oh, we we're hanging out with Dave and Tito, or I hung out with Dave and Tito this weekend. Well, for the longest time, there are people that thought it was one person. Dave was the first name. And Tito was the last name. It was Dave and Tito. So, uh, so, you know, we've gotten grief all throughout the years for being like an old married couple and this and that. And, you know, I, I think that even bleeds into our work relationship where, you know, we have that, we have, we, we just go back so far that we can banter and we can get heated about things and we can argue and then we brush it off and we just go about our job and we're fine the next day. And we balance each other really well. Tyler is much more the hardened skeptic than I am. Um, you know, I'm more the extrovert, the face of the business. You know, Tyler had zero interest in hopping on a podcast. And he yeah, will never, I... <laughs> <laughs> never at any point will you get Tyler on an interview ever. It's just not his forte. It's like he's, he could do it and he could talk to it. It's just that's not what he prefers doing. Tyler's in there right now putting our forever lazy uh, pajama order together for our suppliers. He's crunching the numbers. He's doing the spreadsheets. And I'm the one, you know, being the face of the business, having the conversation with you. And Cord, 
is uh, kind of our adopted child, I guess, if you could go on with the analogy here, because he's right in the middle. You know, sometimes he's even said, he said, geez, sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm picking the side of which parent I'm, I'm going to side with and the other one's going to be upset with me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, it's pathetic, it's fantastic, it's everything all at once. And um, so, that, so that's our dynamic. Cord does both. Cord has no problem getting on phone calls and you know, he'll, he'll do interviews if necessary, but he's, he's kind of the man in the middle. So, um, so yeah, that's, we all can wear all of the hats. And when we trained Cord for Forever Lazy, we brought him up to be able to do everything that we can do. There's nothing that we keep from him. He has all the access that we do so that on any given day at any given time, we can each jump into somebody else's shoes and pick up where the other guy left off. So um, with that, our business structure is pretty fluid. We, we don't really discuss probably as much as we should what each person's individual tasks are. We just know what needs to be done on a given day and we just make sure it gets done. And uh, you know, the first person across a certain task off the checklist, they get that done. The other guy goes to the next item. So, um, so I hope that answers your question about our, our working dynamic. Yeah, no, it, uh, it definitely does. So maybe talk about, cause this is your first year, you guys, um, and look at my hats off to you guys. Cause you, you, you went for it in terms of, you know, 2020 was the year for for Huga and obviously pre pre COVID and everything and you know we were obviously so excited you know obviously uh, you know having a local connection that ended up not working out but you guys still went for it as far as the investment in um, the the product and investment in uh, the advertising the investment in uh, in granular I guess tell me about what what you guys really learned about. Huga going direct to consumer selling on your own website hard versus selling, you know, transacting on like a, a platform like uh, Amazon. Yeah, they, they both have their pros and their cons. When we started Huga, we thought it was just going to be an Amazon business because we were doing so well with Forever Lazy on Amazon. And we saw that each year the website sales went down and the Amazon sales just kept growing. So uh, we saw Amazon as the future and we learned the Amazon ecosystem and how to be an Amazon seller. And so when we launched our products for Huga, the first thing we had in mind is, can we sell them on Amazon? So the website and the web business for Huga was actually an afterthought. You know, we, we launched a website just to have, and Cord and I built it. We built a Shopify website in two afternoons would just drag and drop stuff into place just so we'd have something to support our Amazon business. And then when we saw that web sales were actually becoming pretty significant, that's when we spent the money and we did the full build out. We got the commercial shot that is now playing on the homepage of the website. And we went harder into advertising the website. Um, so Again, that's where granular came in is once we realized that there was a web business to be had, we wanted to give it its best chance of success. So, um, so yeah, it started out as an afterthought, but now the web business is growing. The brand name is getting out there, you know, and, and thanks in big part to granular and everything that you guys have been doing to help build our, um, our web presence with just the, the branding ads and running those commercials on social and, and everything. So, um, 
So we still do the majority of our business on Amazon. However, on Amazon, you are open to new competitors every single day. Like everybody's trying to knock you off all the time. And, you know, with our book light, when we launched our book light, we were pretty much the only seller of an Amber book light on Amazon. We were just, we were doing so tremendously. We were the number one best-selling book light on Amazon. Now, if you log on Amazon and you search for book light, you will probably find no less than 30 Amber book lights. So we were joking the other day that that product was almost too successful to the point where everybody's knocking it off. So it's harder to preserve your margins. It's just a race to the bottom. Now, having that web business, you don't have people, as many people that are uh, comparing you against all the low price competition on Amazon. They're comparing you to the one or two other websites that sell your products on, on, on web outside of Amazon. So you can maintain those margins a little better. So you have more money to work with for ad spend. You know, when the margins get too razor thin, you start advertising, you can be throwing up some great numbers for return on ad spend and, and so forth. But if your profit now is 10%, well, you could run the most profitable ad camp or the most successful ad campaign in the world. And it sp- still might not be profitable because the margins are, are too razor thin. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword and each ecosystem has its own pros and cons, but um, that's what we've found with, with running Huga on both platforms. Okay. Yeah. I guess just one more follow-up question on that is, you know, you guys, you know, have used platforms like QVC, the, uh, obviously the, the company that was doing the infomercials kind of doing it all for you. And I'm sure giving you a, a cut or some sort of licensing fee versus the other extreme, which is having your own website where you have to drive all the traffic, you have to build the audience, um, you know, we've got a lot of other clients and people in our network who uh, operate their own e-commerce businesses, whether it's their own products they create and they uh, are vertically integrated or if they're retailing other products. What is your philosophy, I guess you'd say, you know, your, your team's philosophy going into 2021 beyond because there's everyone, everyone's on the spectrum to we've got to be all in on Amazon. Other people are, we don't want to be on Amazon at all. Then you've got a lot of people who are on the spectrum, kind of like you guys, where there's a lot of good that can come from it. But the hedge is let's make sure we're investing in our own uh, in our own website. Like, what is your thought process as you guys head into 2021, 2022? Yeah, you know, kind of like you alluded to right at the end there, it's it's the hedge. It's it's diversifying. Like our big thing is diversifying. You know, the more product lines we can get into, the faster we can launch products, the more we can stay ahead of our competition. Uh, that's going to help us because with Amazon, it's a love-hate relationship, but you can do so well if you do it right. And if you're the first mover, once all that other competition comes in, you still hold a smaller piece of uh, smaller piece of the pie than you once did, but it's still a very profitable piece of the pie and all the new competition usually kind of fights over the crumbs, even though they're still taking a good, good part of our sales, you know, you still, by being the first mover, you have the first mover advantage. So with our strategy going forward, it's really like I started, I mentioned it's just diversification, first to market, first mover advantage, keep growing both platforms, 
there is some synergy there. People will find us on Amazon and then they'll check our website or they'll find our website and check on Amazon. So we have to be relevant in both places. Um, yeah, and then we, we continue to look for other ways to be relevant as well. And ideally we wanna send as many people as possible to our website so we can gather their emails, create a following, uh, build, build brand recognition um, in a more, when you acquire customers for your website, you are building a family that, you know, they, they'll come to you first when they're looking for a new alternative health product. If, if they find something on the market that they think you should sell, they'll come to you. You know, we always engage and interact and spend as much time as necessary on all of our customers that come through our website. And we'd love to do that on Amazon. It's just, it's more impersonal. So really cultivating that relationship with our customer on our website is, is huge for us. So by the more people we can send to our website versus Amazon, the more opportunities we have to really build that long-term relationship with them where they understand like there's three guys behind this company. And, and our mission with Huga is just to bring affordable and effective red light therapy and other alternative therapies into the hands of people that may another, otherwise not be able to afford it or find it or, or know anything about it. And so, um, you know, whereas Amazon is really important and we do more of our revenue, a large majority of our revenue through Amazon, it's more impersonal, but you can't, you can't ignore either of them because they each have their own benefits to the overall business and the overall ecosystem. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, I answered it perfectly. Uh, you know, that's what I had for my questions. I wanted to give you the opportunity um, anything exciting going on? Any any asks you would have of anyone listening in terms of uh, uh, things you guys need help with or uh, anything you just want to promote in general? Yeah, so we're looking at another really exciting year for both businesses. Um, due to COVID and everybody working from home, the pajama business was up. I had read an article earlier on in COVID saying men's dress pants sales were down by 12, 13%, but pajama sales were up by 70 some percent. So fortunately we've been very blessed that I know a lot of people are struggling during COVID, but fortunately just by sheer dumb luck, we are in a couple of brands and businesses that people are looking for during this time. You know, for, for Huga, people that used to go into doctor's offices to get their red light therapy treatments, they're looking into investing in an at-home unit. Um, more people are trying to take care of their health now with COVID. It's, it's scared a lot of people into getting healthier, which, which isn't a bad thing. So for that, we've got a lot of products that are, are set up to support them. Um, Huga was just approached recently to do a mini docu-series about the benefits of red light therapy. So we're really excited to be filming that in a couple months. So that'll be playing on public television in the second half of this year. So watch for that. And um, yeah, so, so we, we're really excited about uh, what 2021 should have for us. Sweet. Yeah, looking forward to that docu-series, I guess. Um, last question before we sign off. Is there anyone that you would be interested in hearing their story or having come on the granular pot? Even if you don't know them, just other uh, 
guys who are similar to you or anyone where you've just always been interested in their story, especially if they're like a, a business that's a little under the radar, but you get the sense that they're pretty successful, like that you think would be a cool company for us to reach out to, to get on the getting granular podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to think, you know, people often ask me, and I'm not saying you're assuming this because you made it clear you're not, but, but some people, they, they ask, you know, what other business owners do you know? And so forth. And to be honest with you, because you know, just being an entrepreneur and a business owner, people assume you just know a bunch of business owners. I truly don't, but I, I would love to hear more stories from business owners. So off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that really jumps out as, oh, this is somebody you should really interview. However, I will say, I listened to your leadership series that you did with uh, Paps and that you did with Freshfin. And by the way, we're now eating Freshfin about two to three times a week. Okay, nice. So, uh, you know, the gift card you guys got us for Christmas really helped. We got us in there, got us uh, trying out some of their bowls and, and now we're hooked. So it was really cool to listen to their story being in the restaurant industry and what they're dealing with and how, how they got their start. And um, I just love hearing local startup stories, man. Anybody you can find, I, I'd listen because everybody has such a unique story. But at the same point, there's also so many similarities just from starting a business and what they've dealt with, what we've dealt with that. Um, yeah, I always like hearing what, uh, what other people have going. Oh, no, that's great. I wouldn't expect a different answer. Honestly, it's one of the things I actually really that stood out to me is, you know, these days I'm, I'm thinking back to the conversation you had about Fergie, right. Just giving you guys the, the shout out, you know, if that's 2020, 2021, you know, they would want a piece of that. You would, have an influencer campaign, you know, everyone's kind of got their, you know, putting their, trying to get it, get a slice of things. And back then that was just, Hey, they were just looking to help, help out a company that they believed in a small business, but everything has become so transactional. It's hard to trust anything. And even people who claim that they're entrepreneurs or CEOs or owners, you know, you kind of scratch your head and think, well, when are you ever working on the business or with your customers? If you're just, always out there just networking and taking meetings and not actually grinding. And that's what I appreciate. Like the fact I didn't know you guys and, you know, I feel like I'm pretty well networked here in the Milwaukee area and I didn't know who you guys were at all. Didn't know your business at all and that you could have such a cool company like this in our backyard. That's part of, it's a big part of why I wanted you to come on is because there's a lot of, you know, cross sections of our audience that I think would really appreciate this. There's, um, other e-commerce companies, people in the Milwaukee area, people who are outside of, um, outside of your industry, you know, just there's people just as interested who know nothing about starting an e-commerce business where they get super into it, listening to something like this. So, um, I was also selfishly just personally interested in just talking to you one-on-one -on -one and getting more of your story and background. I knew there had to be just a lot of interesting nuggets. And again, I had to be disciplined to not go down those those rabbit holes with you. Otherwise we'd be talking for like five hours. Yeah. And um, I had to be really disciplined with my responses because my friends would always give me a hard time and say, Oh, Dave's telling a story, short story long instead of long story short. So I always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm answering questions like, all right, just, just cut it off. Don't keep going. Cause yeah, we could, we could talk for six hours. There's still so much to our story that we didn't even get to discuss just because it's, it's, you know, less relevant, but you know, I would say that something to take away from this for listeners that 
have an entrepreneurial spirit but haven't done it yet, Tyler and I can do it. Anybody can do it. Had we known what we were getting ourselves into when we prematurely quit our jobs to go sit in my parents' basement and start selling pajamas, like I, I probably, I don't know if we would have started Forever Lazy. We would have started something eventually, but not in the way we did it. But it was baptism by fire and, and there was no turning back at that point. But it's, you don't need a 30 page business plan because we wrote business plans, but it was just to appease lenders. And those business plans never came to fruition because it's, it's a bunch of guesses, especially being something new and unique at the time, like adult onesies. So don't let any of that stuff stop you from just giving it a shot. Just order a small quantity of something or whatever you're doing, just do it small, throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. If it does build off of it, if not, all right, lick your wounds, wait for the next idea and, and try again. It's, it's exciting. There's nothing better than working for yourself. And if my business is tanked, I don't know what in the world I would do because now at this point, I would just be the worst employee to have ever because after running, being, you know, after being the business owner for over a decade, I, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, man. I love it every day, every single day, something new. It's awesome. Well, I think there's no better place to, to end than that. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave Hibbler, uh, co-founder of Huga. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, this is Steve Kroll uh, signing off until next time. <laughs>